Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Touchline in the hell. Touchline in the hell. You freak, you monster. Touchline, the son of a bitch. All the way to hell. Oh, my God. Uncut, uncooked, and uncensored. King Kong is climbing the Empire State Building. But here comes the Calvary! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother! Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. Question, Macho Man. You're listening to the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. I am your host, the babyface of podcasting, JC Bones. I am the glorious Dakas. Glorious! And I am the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Everyone here on the Fourth Wall team wants to wish you and yours a very happy and healthy new year. As 2018 comes to a close, 2019 has big things in store for the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Starting at the top of the year, we will have a new home on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network on rantwithant.com. So, starting January 5th, which will be episode 7. You can find us on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network, so be sure to search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all future episodes of the 4th Wall WrestleCast. Speaking of staying up to date, if you don't want to miss out on any of the 4th Wall news and updates, be sure to follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at 4th WallCast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. More things are being shaken up as a result of the return of the McMahon-Helmsley regime. We're going to discuss some topics such as the return of John Cena to Raw and SmackDown Live next week, as well as the much-anticipated return of the Women's Tag Team Championships. We're going to talk about the punch heard around the world when AJ Styles punched Vince McMahon square in the jaw, as well as other news. Then we're going to pass it over to the third man as he brings us the third brand and talks about NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. Then we're going to end off with a fun segment that we are calling Three GMs Are Better Than One. That's the best I can come up with. It's a working title for now, but we know it needs work. But this gives myself, Doc, and the Smark an opportunity to rebook the entire tag team division on the main roster from now until the SmackDown after WrestleMania. 
But guys, before we get started, let's take a minute to reflect on 2018 as we approach the top of the new year. 2018 for me personally was uh, quite the roller coaster. Lots of doors closed, but a lot of new doors have opened, and this is one of them, and I couldn't be happier. You know, this whole podcast thing was a pipe dream that I had about a year or so ago, and if it wasn't for my good brothers Doc and Johnny for helping me get this thing off the ground, my dreams would not be a reality, and this was a great way to end off 2018, and I am so friggin' excited to see what 2019 has in store for us. So my 2018 is super exciting. I'm almost sad to see it go. Um, I'm so happy we got this off the ground bones. Um, you know, this has been your vision for a while. I remember sitting in, I think, a Panera and you telling yeah. me about it. And uh, you were so excited and I was on the fence, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad I, I, I took the plunge in this sense as well. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I brought on my buddy Doc Haas, even though sometimes I hate his guts. But, um, He's, uh, he's, you know, my best friend and also my biggest, you know, wrestling fan friend. So, oh, they're new bones, of course. Uh, and speaking of the plunge, I, uh, I definitely asked the girl to marry me in 2018. So that Ooh. happened. And she said yes. Without drugs. <laughs> she said yes. Without drugs. Field. You didn't even need booze. No. I think she's uh, she's contemplating uh, her life choice right now, but you know. I'm sure she's contemplating just what color the wedding should be. That's things women think about. Those I are think the important she things actually, that we have to think about. Yeah, I think she actually picked them out. Nice. But uh, well, uh, yeah. But 2018 was pretty awesome. Um, besides growth in my music teaching and performance uh, side of my life, I also produced the first. I produced an album for the first time in my life, so that was fun. Um, in 2018, I got back into the wrestling industry. A lot of you guys, if you guys don't know, I used to actually uh, write a blog for Wrestling News World, which is a, uh, I don't think he does it anymore. I think he sold it off, and it's not the same as it used to be. But I used to blog for WWE TNA pay-per-views back in the early 2010s. Yeah, and in 2018, actually today, I got my first ever pedicure. Check this out, guys my feet what that's fucking that's cute yeah i got a pedicure <laughs> yeah that poor person who had to touch your feet oh i'm pretty sure she was like she was like talking in chinese to like the woman next to her talking about my ogre feet and whatnot dude you have i love you man but you got some nasty feet you know my feet are a lot better than it used to be i got some hobbit feet for those of you listening at home i i i, I got feet that would make frodo appalled <laughs> He's not lying. That's the that's the bad part. But not no more. Look at these. She cleaned them real nice. Look at that. Look at that feet, dude. Look at that big toe. Look at oh that. God. For those of you listening at home, Doc Haas has his foot in his camera as we Oh my God. Advantage laptop. We, Doc we're is also off the rocker already. We're like five minutes into the show. That's what happens when you're in Florida. Check this out. Look at that. Mm. Look at that view. Look at that. Everything's off the rocker this week. <laughs> How far are you from the PC, buddy? From the PC? Probably like three and a half, four hours. I'm way southwest Florida. I'm like two hours south of Tampa. Dang. I'm in Cape Coral. My uh, father-in-law owns the house here, so Any he might understand. Any wrestlers we know from Cape Coral? Hmm. Do we know anybody from Cape Coral? Any wrestlers know. from Cape Coral? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I can't think of any off the top of my head. 
Uh, but now I'm, I'm away from the PC, so that's not in the cards, unfortunately. All right, guys. Well, listen, let's talk about some news from this week. We are now two weeks into the takeover of the McMahon-Helmsley regime, and we've already seen uh, some, some changes happening on the main roster, or I should say some shaken up on the main roster. We've already seen some new faces. Uh, they've already announced six NXT call-ups. Uh, we also saw the rematch clause go away. That's no longer a thing now. And we've, seen some, and we've seen some fresh matches, you know, uh, and we've seen the likes of Mustafa Ali get called up and pin Daniel Bryan. But it so, didn't just stop there. This week, it's been announced that we're going to have the return of John Cena to both Raw and SmackDown Live. Now, it was announced really that... Say it again? It's not really a shake-up. But John Cena's That's been gone true. for a while, but it's, it's big news. It's big news, let's put it that way. So he'll be returning to Raw and SmackDown, but he'll make it his official return this week on the New Year's edition of SmackDown Live. Now, I don't know if you guys heard about the house show at MSG the other night, but John Cena was in a cage match against Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Yeah, he took that uh, AJ Styles had the flu. So John Cena stepped in for that. I did see that. Anyone see his hair? <laughs> he has so got the a Mark hair Wall helmet. Thing going. Yes. Yeah. Like almost a bowl cut. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. He's obviously doing it for a role. I, I can only imagine that he's doing it for a role in a movie. Maybe. Well, I, I did hear that he's actually going back to make another movie like January 20th. So he's not even going to be around for the Rumble. Yeah, I think he's just coming. He always said he's going to keep working in WWE as much as he can. Doesn't mean he's necessarily going to work TV or pay-per-views. He might just go work house shows because he enjoys wrestling. And it's good for the other, you know, it's good for the younger talent to work with someone like Cena. It's almost like uh, helping putting wrestlers over without having to do it on TV. Not putting them over, but at least helping them develop. Yeah, but Cena actually has to put them over, unlike Bray Wyatt. Baron Corbin, oh. Rusev. Look at oh. all the other undercard guys that could have made a name for themselves, but because they had to fight Cena, Cena didn't put him over. That means it's time for a shakeup. <laughs> That's three! That's there three! It Hit That's it, three. three! She's coming back. Shake it up! Play is going. Hey, 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 we go on so, too many dates, guys. So what do you guys think is going to happen now with Cena if he's making a return, even if it's a short return? You think he's just going to have a couple matches on TV to put some people over and then he's gone again for a few months? I think he'll definitely put some people over. I think his returns are going to be like – they're not. you're not going to see like a two-month return. You see him come back for like a big program leading up to a pay-per-view, then gone again. So maybe he'll work with the likes of AJ – and the works of the likes of Rusev, the likes of Nakamura, and actually, you know, do the putting over. I don't mind him not putting over some of those other guys as long as he does it somewhere down the road. You know, he doesn't have to do it right away. Those guys should have to earn that, and if, I mean, earn it. It may take a couple of years to earn that. So that's what you're gonna see out of him. I hope he um, really does a nice. I just seem to do a nice program with Rusev. I'm really high on this Rusev where Rusev's at right now. So I really love to see Cena put him over properly because he had a really underrated 2018 yeah Rusev put on an amazing match with Nakamura on Tuesday and Rusev was now crowned the new United States champion and rightfully deserved 
but me being a Nakamura fan, I think that was one of, if not the best main roster matches that Nakamura has had since he's been called up. I, I think it was the team. Sorry, get, 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 Smarky. Thanks, man. I agree. You know, I, I think both of them have been underutilized lately, even though one of them is a champion. That's another story for another time, utilization of champions. But, you know, it, it was good to see both of them have a great match. And I agree. Nakamura looked great. I will always be more high up on Rusev. I love Rusev's look. And I've always liked him. And, uh, yeah, it was good to see them both have good matches. But Nakamura definitely shined. I thought that might have been the best TV match on WWE in 2018. That you was, did mention that in a text. Then. Yeah, I thought that was an app. That's the best I've seen Nakamura look on the main roster. Without a doubt, it's the most entertained I've been Nakamura. And face Rusev is great. Like I really love this super face Rusev. He really knows how to milk that and how you know he does the whole Hulkamania ripping off the shirt and the flexing of the muscles. And that's all you really need to do to be an over super over baby face. That's the stuff I wish you would have seen more out of Cena and his Hulk Hogan years as I call them, when he was the face of the PG era. Right. No, Rusev is definitely, he's so over right now as a baby face, and I really hope that they let him take this and run with it for a while. I could see Rusev holding on to this U.S. title for a while and having a decent run with this belt. But if all goes according to plan, Rusev will be a world champion by the end of 2019. Really? Yeah. Once he loses the title, the only place from the logic. Once he loses the U.S. title, the only place from the logically go is further up the roster. Logically, yes, but last time he lost the U.S. title, he fell into the abyss for a while until Rusev Day became a thing, and then started getting over again. Right, Rusev Day. The character is a lot better now than it was Mm -hmm. then. Yep. So also this week we heard uh, after much anticipation. Finally, it's been announced that we will see the return of the Women's Tag Team Championships. And yes, the return of the Women's Tag Team Championships. Doc, you're shaking your head vigorously right now. Do you not want to see these tag titles? Or is it the fact that you feel like they're going to be given to the boss and hug connection? Neither. I I want to see the tag titles. It's great. I don't care if the boss and... I mean, I'd rather not the boss and hug connection win, but I won't lose sleep over it. I'm pissed off at the way they announced it. Some stu- I thought we were shaking it up. Here's some stupid comedy segment with Vince McMahon dressed as grumpy Santa Claus. There was no hype for the end. If they would have said, like, hey, and make sure you watch Raw this week, which is going to be one of the least watched Raws of the year because it's Christmas Eve, hype it up saying, like, there's a huge announcement coming from Vince McMahon this week about the women's division. Everybody's going to know what it is. People are going to turn in because people have wanted it for a while. They did a terrible job at this buildup and the announcing of this great thing, terrible job announcing. I agree. Um, very good thing. You know, I'm happy that we're going to get more than one title for the women, but I, I see where Vince was trying to do here, but that should have been like out in the ring pageantry. Like they did with all these other titles and all these big things. That's, I think that's bigger than call-ups. Yeah, it is. At least that's call-ups got a awesome. graphic. Yeah. No, it's I agree. It's way bigger than call-ups. Yeah. It's way bigger than call-ups. This is one of the biggest things that happened in the women's division since they renamed it the women's division. If not the biggest thing that happened in the women's division since they renamed it the women's division. It's you know, t- terrible. Not, that is not a shake-up. That was the same old WWE Vince McMahon bullshit. 
I agree that that whole segment needed a lot more pageantry. They should have made a bigger deal about that. Even after that segment went back to the the commentary, the first thing they talked about was the fucking cage match between Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, not even the women's title. Or or maybe they talked about Cena returning. Like those things are bigger than the the women getting tag team championships. There should have been more pageantry with that, and I want to know why Stephanie wasn't involved in that announcement. Right, and Renee should have went all heel then when they went back. She went, should have went all sorts of heels. Like, what are you talking about these fools for when you're talking about adding another like prestigious title? The only thing they have to do now is add that mid-card title. They have yeah. to add the mid-card title for the likes of you know Naomi and Ruby. Ruby, Ruby mid-card, yeah. Ruby. And you hear Mandy, that, Bones? Put Mandy Rose in that mid-card title. Sit, oh, uh, she's not. She's going to the top, dude. She's, she can't go to top. She can't go to the top. She's not at that uh, level yet. None of, of those three women I just said, none of them are at the level of Becky, Charlotte, Ronda, Asuka, and I'll put Natalia in there too. You agree, but you didn't read dirt sheets today then. I did not read them much. I didn't see anything with the dirt sheets today. What did the, the dirt sheets report? Well, it says Vince is very high up on Mandy, and she's going oh, to the yeah, top. Oh, yeah, I saw that, but it doesn't I mean figured. she's going to go into the world title picture right away. She might go into a, a feud with uh, – she might be the first women's tag team champion with Sonya. Or she might go into the feud and she might be with the McMahons with Shane or Vince on screen. That's just as big for her career right now as is being a world champion. Right. There's definitely other opportunity out there for her than giving her the belt. She might be There's in no, the title scene, but she's not going to have the belt. There's no room for her at the top of the card right now. It's just all there is to it. No, mm-hmm. not not until you 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 defuse the whole Becky Ronda Charlotte thing. And I don't when, want that to that like, diffuse. I don't want that diffused. I want that to keep going. I love I want it. that to go on forever. Yeah, I would love that. It should go on for years. So, who do you guys think will be the first team to be um, awarded the women's tag champs tag tag titles? Tasha and Bailey. <laughs> do we even have to debate this? No, it's gonna be. Either, I think it's between them or the iconics. Iconics. Yeah. Oh, you think they're holding them off TV for a big return? I think so. I can see that. As uh, much as I want the the Riot Squad to have those belts, I think it's between the iconics or Boston Hug Connection, unless an actual shakeup happens before Mania and they split up Sasha and Bailey, which I really hope happens. But that's another all? topic for another day. Who could we put Naomi with to, as a team now that Asuka's the champion? The other Funkadactyl. Cameron. <laughs> Cameron? <laughs> Somebody call Mama. Somebody call Mama. I mean, at that, that point, that you, you could never put... never used better than when Brodus Clay used it. I, mm-hmm. I remember when he debuted with that theme, and I lost my shit watching Raw. Someone used it before him, too. I can't remember who. Ernest the Cat Miller. Yep. Back yes. in WCW. Cat Miller. And th- didn't Shelton Benjamin... Shelton that Benjamin, also? that's it. Yes, when he yes. When his mom used oh, to come Sean out with him. Used yep. it for a while. And then oh, someone else did too. There was someone else that used that theme song, man. Classic rehash theme. Ugh. But I mean, Hold at this on. point, you could essentially put Naomi with Lana and make them a tag team. That was my thought, Lana. Yeah. Lana was, was a thought that came to my mind. I, I hope they do something big where the women's uh, division actually has to, they have to fight and earn these belts and then not just award it to someone just because I want to see, I want to see the women actually fight for these tag titles tournament that culminates WrestleMania simple. Yep. 
And I yep. think that's what we're going to be seeing pretty soon. No one likes tournaments. So something else big happened this week, guys. Uh, let's talk about the punch heard around the world. So I really enjoyed this segment for the way SmackDown went off the air, where Vince McMahon was his old school self. I want to see the fire. Why are you here, AJ? Show me why you're here. And then AJ just fucking cold cocks him right in the jaw. It was perfect. Uh, where, where do we see AJ going now? Is AJ going to stay in the title picture, you think? Because Vince did compare... You know, the house that AJ Styles built and now Daniel Bryan having the, the title and wreaking havoc on the house. What's going to happen now with AJ Styles? AJ definitely needed a character reboot. You know, I think the time as super face AJ's over. I like that he's interacting with McMahon. I like that McMahon's interacting with the talent is the way McMahon should be used. I don't like the segment after AJ punched him. I thought AJ could have been a lot more aggressive after the punch, you know, Punch him in the face, then get in his face. Say, don't you ever fucking tell me that I'm not fucking good enough and shit like that. Like, I wanted to see that. So that, that left a little more to be desired towards at the end of the segment. But the segment got its point across. And it got people talking about AJ Styles again as a main event guy. And I think it's going to lead to an edgier, maybe darker AJ character. You know, something, someone that could realistically go after Daniel Bryan at, you know, and be in the same league as Daniel Bryan is right now because he's on another league on SmackDown right now. Um, I would like to see the AJ Styles of the Aces and Eights era kind of make a return during this. I don't know if you guys watched that at all, but, you know, he... Uh, I vaguely remember it. There was some good work there. I, I started getting out. Here. I started getting <laughs> at it CNA around then, so I'm kind of like not 100% like sure of that work or what happened. I'll have to go back and watch some video. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't really part of aces and eights, but where was he? I don't remember. That's how much I watched. I don't remember, like but he was good back then. I'd like to see AJ kind of develop like a, almost like male Becky Lynch type character, just that tweener character that everybody wants to cheer for. Not because they're the super face, but they want to, they want to cheer and root him on because He's just that damn good and proves it every single time and has no problem telling people that he's that damn good, which he's never had a problem with doing. No. Just to just to go back, I he was not a member of Aces Eights, but I do remember him having good matches during that time period. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Bones. No, I think this is a good opportunity for him to go back to when he was in the club on when they were on I- Raw. And he was feuding with uh, John Cena, how they like to beat up John Cena. But now it's that persona a little more edgier. And I like that. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to get Gallows and Anderson, who are already back on TV, into something with substance and and team them back up with AJ Styles and bring the club back. Because everyone wants to see the club come back. And no one can say they don't. (laughs) And I want to see Finn come over to SmackDown and join the three of them. And then... You know, maybe somewhere down the road you sign Kenny Omega and get him involved somehow, too. Mm. Did you guys see the Young Bucks posted a picture on their Instagram of the two of them posing with the Balor Club t-shirt on? Oh. No. Did you see their post with the countdown? Yes. Five days, and it's on a random day at a random time. I don't know. Uh, I love how they, they fuck with the fans. Like we want to know what's going on. Where, where are they going to show up? Where are they, what's going to happen? Cause I believe so their countdown sense. brings them two days before wrestle kingdom. 
So you think it's something to do? Well, they're on Wrestle Kingdom, right? They, yeah, yeah, they're they on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. They're yeah. not going to announce that they're signing anywhere if they're on the Wrestle Kingdom card. It's no. got to be something. It's got to be something for Wrestle Kingdom. It's got to yeah. be something to promote Wrestle Kingdom. The Probably. countdown. Or maybe the release of a new episode of, uh, of Being the Elite or something like maybe. that. Maybe. Yeah. Did you guys catch the Christmas Eve episode yet? No, I Parts? haven't. Nah, me I neither. Got to catch up on that. I do. All right, guys. So let's talk about some other stuff that we saw this week. We did see an awesome triple threat match between Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and Finn Balor on Raw. Match was not bad at all, but I was actually shocked that Finn Balor once again got the win. You know, Drew McIntyre was on this winning streak for a few months, but now all of a sudden Finn is getting a lot of wins over the past few weeks. Do you guys feel a push coming on for Finn, and are we going to finally get to see what we've wanted to see for a long time? I do think this is the start of a big push for Finn. I hope that push is on SmackDown, where I think it makes more sense to push him to the top of the card, rather than Raw, where like the top of the card is seems to be more the the monster guys than the super athletic wrestlers. Like I want to see Finn face heel Daniel Bryan, and I want to see him face AJ Styles, and I want to see him with the Bullet Club again. So yes, it will be a push. Hopefully that pushes on SmackDown. I could see a SmackDown run, but I can also see a Raw run maybe after the SmackDown run. The only way I could see that is if where we think the Universal title picture is going does go. I don't think if the Universal title stays on Brock, we'll see Finn in that picture. If the Universal title goes to either Seth or Drew, then I could rightfully see Finn in that title picture on Raw. Mm-hmm. But I, I, feel, I don't maybe. feel like he's in the cards yet on the Raw side. I think if, like Doc said, if we do see him in the title picture, it'll be over on SmackDown. It'll either be Intercontinental title against Dean, or he's gonna switch, or he's gonna switch over to SmackDown. Oh yeah, okay. I forgot about the IC title. Yeah, that yeah, that would be that'd be a good spot for him to go into too. Just so we have a shame for the while. That's a shame that <laughs> we have forgotten about. Have this, you title. have the. You have the demon come and take out this heel Ambrose character. That, that sets up as some good story, right? You got set up for right there. Good story. And I definitely feel like we're going to be seeing the demon come sooner than later. I feel like they've definitely been foreshadowing that. And I felt that way back over the summer when he came back as the demon at SummerSlam. Unfortunately, wasted it on Baron Corbin. But I could definitely right. see the demon coming back pretty soon. Especially now that we're getting closer to WrestleMania season. It would not be a waste on an intercontinental title match with Dean Ambrose. Not at all. Nope. Not at all. Mustafa Ali had another awesome showing this week on SmackDown in his match against Andrade Cien Almas. It did suck that that Cien lost the match, but I understand why. But I think they both looked like fucking superstars in that match. And I want to see those two fight again. But then when Mustafa Ali goes backstage... And he starts getting congratulated by some of his fellow guys from 205 Live. And then Shelton Benjamin then gets attacked by Daniel Bryan. Do you guys think Ali's going to stay in this feud with uh, Daniel Bryan? And are we going to see Mustafa Ali get a title shot? I could see him absolutely get a title shot. Uh, You know, there's been growth in, in that part of the world that Mustafa is representing, even though he's from America. And I think they're going to use him. Uh, to try to keep growth going, which sucks, you know, you know, I, they should be using him for his wrestling talent, which there is a lot of. I thought that match was awesome. I actually watched it three times. I don't know about you guys, but I watched it that many times. That inverted 450 is just 
He's insane. Was he called the 054, 054 right? 054, yeah. 054, yeah. Um, I look at – I don't think the loss to Almas made him look weak. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start with that. So I don't mind that Almas lost. Uh, I don't think this is the last time they'll face each other. I feel like putting them two in a number one contenders match for the U.S. title and then having Almas win that dirty would be okay. Um, I definitely do think he's going to have a title shot, Mustafa. When I say he, I mean Mustafa. It could be on TV. It'd be a good title match to have on TV. We also have two pay-per-views between the Rumble and WrestleMania, so mm-hmm. we're going to need a title match or two in there. So, yeah, there's, and there's no reason why he can't go in a title match and lose to Daniel Bryan. There's no reason for it whatsoever. Yeah, because even if he loses, he's still going to put on a great showing in the ring against someone like Daniel Bryan. Because you know Daniel Bryan's going to help put him over. All he needs to do right now, Mustafa, is just put on good matches. He doesn't have Which to, he's doing. Yeah, he's doing it. He's, he's doing a great job at it. He doesn't need to beat Daniel Bryan for the world title right now. It's unnecessary. And he almost has, like, I feel like he's going to attract some of those Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero fans. You know, because Almas is, is a heel. There's right. no face guy that attracts that sort of uh, luchador fan market and Mustafa Ali is absolutely a guy who can attract those fans yep I, I can also see Mustafa Ali having a run in the Royal Rumble similar to Finn Balor last year where he goes in the Rumble and he spends like 60 plus minutes in there yeah. I mean he's not only seeing him winning the Rumble but I could definitely see him putting on an awesome showing in the Rumble itself yeah, or going to the final four mm-hmm. you think he'll make it that far why not? I there's do. usually okay. one. There's usually one like wild card in the final four. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I was watching. I was watching the ninety. So I'm, for those of you that don't know, I'm watching all the old Royal Rumbles right now, and uh, I've been binge watching them. I just watched what's the one where Luger and Brett both won? Ninety four. Ninety four. And it was Luger, Brett, HBK, and Rikishi, who was then known as Fat Two. So it's definitely a wild card, Fat Two. There was the Royal Rumble wow. where Rick the Model Martel was in the final four. That's completely random. He wasn't anywhere near the top of the of the card at the time. So there's no reason why Mustafa Ali can't have a final four run and then is eliminated by AJ or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can see that happening. But all in all, the possibilities for where Mustafa Ali's career can go now are endless. Like He already broke that, gra- that glass ceiling, and now he's just going to keep running with it. So let's also talk about the Raw Women's Championship match on Raw between the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey, and Natalya. Uh, I thought it was a great match. I thought it was a really good match. Great storytelling. N- Natty is awesome. I know, Doc, you told you made fun of me last week because I don't give Natty enough credit, but N- Natty's awesome. I'm just not big on her character. I think she's great in the ring. Put her in the ring with anyone. She'll put on a fucking great show and help put anyone over. I thought it was a great match. Um, you know, Ronda, of course, retained. They hugged. They cried at the end. It was emotional. We all had that feel-good moment. But now, where does this go? Are, are we going to see... I don't think we're going to see Natty turn heel, like I think a lot of us expected, because of the, the death of her father. I don't think Vince wants to turn her heel at this point. So let me start with analysis of the match. Fantastic match. One of, one of Ronda's best matches. Uh, like you said, amazing storytelling. You know, and then Ronda doing great of like not of being completely uncomfortable or putting on the farce of being uncomfortable, beating Natalia. That was awesome. The hug at the end sets up for a heel turn 
by somebody somewhere down the road. I have a feeling these two face off again. It's Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. One of them turns heel before that. I don't know which one it is. I hope it's Natalia because, like I've always said, hearts are always better heels. The best Bret Hart was his heel run with the Hart Foundation and then the big the heel run with like the original tag team Hart Foundation in the 80s. And then, of course, the rebirth Hart Foundation during the summer of 97. Owen Hart was always a better heel. Jim the Anvil was always a better heel. The only one that you could say might have been a better face was the British Bulldog. Mm, I think they're all good heels. They're, I'm not saying the Bulldog wasn't a good heel, but I thought he was a better face than he was a heel. Maybe. I, uh, I could agree with that. I could agree with that. Okay. Okay. No, I, I really think that the the uh, the hearts are definitely better heels, including Natalia. On her heel runs, they're usually more entertaining. I love Rhonda. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but she has come a long way. She's got it. And she's got it. And she's, she's a it, fast man. learner. That's the craziest part. Just like Kurt Angle, man. She's just got it. She knows yep. how to move in a wrestling environment. She just yep. knows how to do it. She gets it. She's athletic. She's fluid. She's smart. She's a hard worker. She's got the look. She's got the attitude. She's going to be doing this for a long time, and she's going to be at the top for a long time. So get used to it. I hope so. Yeah. And to go back to the Natalia thing I was saying about the hearts and the heels, all those heart dungeon wrestlers, Jericho, Benoit, all of them were better heels. I think it's because of the pedigree. You have this pedigree coming out of the heart dungeon where you know you're probably a better wrestler than everybody else. So when those characters always showed that, that's when they were at their best. Natalia should be the one to turn heel, and it should be a, a long heel turn. Like a, she, she, I, I, Let me rephrase that. She should be a heel for a long time when she turns. Yep. Yep. You see, I actually think the opposite. I, I agree. I think Natty's definitely a better heel, but I think that Ronda's going to be the one to turn heel first because I, only because of the four horsewomen four horsewomen angle, even though I know Natty's not part of that, it makes more sense for uh, Ronda to turn heel, then turn Shayna, Marina, and Jessamine face. But and I feel that, like that's yeah. going to come to a head in 2019. That's a pride feud, though. Like, that's just like, you don't need heels and faces for that feud. That's a, I'm a better fighter, like, pride feud. Like, they don't need to, like, Ronda and... They could, they could all be tweeners, I guess, is what I'm trying to put it at, you know? Like, they don't have to be distinguished heels and faces. And I don't think you can turn Ronda heel because they're going to be building Raw around her, her and Roman, once Roman gets back. And they're going to want her as a face to sell merchandise, to do PR appearances, to do all this, the, the talk show rounds and the big events. Like, she's the one you have to send out there. She's the biggest name in the company. I don't know how she would do as a heel, to be honest with you. I, I really don't. I She would just do her UFC thing. She'd just be a bad motherfucker and beat the shit out of everybody whenever she wants. She would act more like it. Kind of like kind of like Brock, but she would show up to work every week. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and also, if, if she still keeps Paul Heyman there to help her with her promos, I don't see any right. reason why she couldn't be over as a heel. Paul Heyman can make anybody. Paul Heyman can make Santa Claus a fucking heel. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, I do, you know, because we can all agree. The biggest problem with Brock isn't necessarily his character. is like he doesn't show up to work enough. Right. You know? Yeah. So you give me Ronda, and you do that week in, week out, and you actually, if you're still Raw Women's Champion, you hold it with pride. There's no reason why why Ronda 
couldn't work as a heel, but I don't see it happening just because I think she's going to be that face of the company for a while now. Okay. I think I think a couple years down the road you'll see that heel turn. It'll be it'll be a while. Right. We're gonna have face Ronda for at least another two or three years. Yeah. Before we get ahead of ourselves, though, I just know that we all cannot wait to see Ronda and Becky Lynch finally face off, and I think we may be seeing that sooner than we think. You think so? I think Ronda and Charlotte, that role they have at the Rumbles, one of them's going to face Ronda, and the other is going to win the Rumble. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, I still think they're going to make that a triple threat at Mania. I know a lot of people think it's going to be Becky and Ronda. I I think it's a waste of a of a huge triple threat opportunity to not have the three of them face off. Um, but if Charlotte faces, say Charlotte faces Ronda at the Rumble, you're not going to have Becky and Ronda at Fastlane or Elimination Chamber. They're going to save that for like Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. Introducing the third brand with the third man. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Johnny Smarks, and I don't know where else I was going with that. So let's get into the third brand, even though we have the third, fourth, and fifth brand, technically, if you think about it. Real quick, let's talk about NXT UK. NXT TakeOver Blackpool, guys. They're getting their own TakeOver January 12th. What do you guys think about that? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to seeing that. There's going to be some great wrestling. I agree. I agree. Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm has been announced. And then, uh, well, nothing else has really been announced on TV yet. So I'm going to hold off on that. The only only thing I really want to touch on here, other than how awesome some of these UK stars are, and I hope I see them in regular NXT soon, is Rhea Ripley defended her title against a non-international star by the name of Deanna Parazzo. Jersey's own Deanna Parazzo, if you did not know, all of us here at um, Fourth Wall WrestleCast are from the greatest state in the nation. Again, that's, that's more of a Do Brooklyn you, thing, isn't it? Is that more of a Brooklyn thing? Forget about it. It is. Yes, that's yes, definitely it is. a Brooklyn John, thing. John, you're a resident Italian. Is that an Italian thing in general or is that a Brooklyn thing? It's a Brooklyn Italian thing. The Brooklyn Italian thing? Oh, okay. I'm also the resident Brooklyn born, so. I mean, so I, I, the, I am what's, what's Br- the, Brooklyn's what's finest. New Jersey, what's a New Jersey Italian thing? Jager bombs. Jager bombs. Yeah, that's that Jager bombs. Pretty sure it's a Long Island Italian thing. <laughs> wow, where's the protein, ma? <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, unfortunately, our Jersey girl lost, but, you know, it was a great match. She is so good, and uh, they put on a great match. Hopefully, you guys watched that. I also need to tell our producers at NXT to give Legaro a shot. <laughs> to give Legaro a shot? I'm sure there's only so much room. There's only so much room in a one-hour show. He'll have his time. He'll have his chance. Right, and I think that I could see them booking him like the way they booked Rey Mysterio back in the day when Rey Mysterio worked his way up to becoming the champion. Yeah. Yeah. I could see He's that. So, over that moving on to... Stateside NXT, uh, a lot of lot of good action this week. Fatal Four Way uh, for the women's championship. Ooh, excuse me. You know, you had uh, Lacey Evans, Mia Yim, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair fight it out. And of course, I don't think anyone can argue how this match ended with Belair uh, 
beating everyone. Uh, scary moment in a match for Io Shirai. Uh, Bones, you had pointed out. I just went and watched it again. You know, she she could have died. I don't know how you feel, but yeah, that that was scary. Yeah, look at remember, remember that time when Undertaker almost killed himself in the first Shawn oh, Michaels yes. match. Oh yeah. yeah, when he scaled yeah, the so. top rope. You're right. All right, so if that's a ten, and I miss, I, I will won't lie, I've been traveling this week, so I haven't gotten to watch NXT yet. So I'm going to ask you guys: if Undertaker almost dying against Shawn at WrestleMania, I think that was the first one, so 25 is a ten. Where was EO's almost die level? Six or seven. Yeah, six or oh, seven. That's pretty intense. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I would say six or seven. Okay. All right. She just overshot it and just landed awkwardly, basically. Yeah, very, very awkward. Bad. It could it, it could have been bad. It could have put her out for a while. I've <laughs> seen I've seen some timing things from EO so far that she needs to work on, but she she seems like the type of a wrestler that's you know gonna get it together and figure it out. You right. know, no one's perfect. As long as you keep practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, coach. Of course. <laughs> so then we had uh, Jackson Riker versus Mitch Taverna. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone really saw anyone other than uh, Jackson winning this. Jackson actually won a match, so that's good. Um, it's it's so bad, though. Like, he, he's yeah, not over. The Forgotten Sons are not over. No, what are they not. doing with these guys? I don't know, but Nothing. I will tell you that <clears throat> Gunner deserves a lot more than the Forgotten Sons. I agree. Um, he does. I, you know, I'm, and, and it sucks because I actually really like Wesley Blake. Um, I think he's kind of gotten a bad rap, but um, they got to do something else with Jackson Riker. Yeah. They absolutely do. So yeah, then. Yeah, but he's got to get rid of the gimmick. Terrible gimmick. Oh, yeah. It'd be cool if he actually did Gunner. Um, so then we had uh, Undisputed Era versus Heavy Machinery. And uh, <laughs> this is. I. I I love tag team wrestling in NXT. I, uh, I, I'm so sorry. I lost my train of thought because doc is in Florida and is teleconferencing in. And his motherfucker was just handed some type of (laughs) tropical drink. (laughs) Probably by his beautiful wife. Yep. Uh, Hold on. What the hell? Margarita. Drink it in, man. Oh, I'm going to drink like seven (laughs) of these. Um, well, while you're drinking that, let me give you something sad. Uh, your boys, Heavy Machinery, lost to Undisputed Era. Well, we knew that was coming. So they're getting called up. Yes, they are getting called up. Yeah. So yes, I, I mean, need, I didn't need to. I didn't need to watch. I knew. I knew that was going to happen. Oh, you hear that, Bones? You didn't need to you watch. Didn't need to watch. That's the only thing Excuse you can say me. about NXT this week is you know when you read the results and you're telling me what's going on. It's definitely predictable. We knew Bianca was going to win. We knew Undisputed Era was going to win. Right. But that's okay. As long as the wrestling's good, which you guys seem to say was pretty good. As always, NXT never disappoints. NXT, yeah, never disappoints. Uh, Last thing I want to touch on is not really a – well, I guess it is an NXT thing. Uh, Past weekend we had a a WWE live event in the home of WWE, the the OG home of (laughs) talk. How am I supposed to tell these people? (laughs) I apologize, audience. I'm being a complete douchebag right now to my to my (laughs) co-hosts. Continue. I'll stop being an asshole. Did you just down that whole margarita? (laughs) No, I still got some. Oh my god. Well then. um, Anyways, we had this awesome event at uh, the original home of WWF. 
uh, Madison Square Garden. And the third brand comes in here because there was a, a 10, well, what became an 11-man match uh, with UK champion Dunn, Ricochet, Aleister Black, Matt Riddle, and the Velveteen Dream defeating NXT champion uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and of course Bobby Fish gets involved. And here's the kicker here, everyone. Johnny Gargano teamed with Tommaso Ciampa. Big. That's like That's when huge. you were telling me today that you wanted to talk about this, I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about a house show? And then and you that told is me why. Champa and Gargano. So we saw this. We saw the foreshadowing for this in the cage match. Um, I know, Bones, you were thinking it's going to be a short-lived thing. I completely disagree. I think it's going to be a slow burn till they're officially a team again now, and it's starting now. Like the fire, the kindling is starting to burn. And now I think by the time, maybe after TakeOver Phoenix, or at TakeOver Phoenix, you're going to really start to see them two get together and that DIY fire start to ignite again. And you'll see them start, you know, climbing up the tag team ranks maybe after TakeOver New York. That we're rushing yeah, take over yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, it's weird because a lot of people think that Gargano, that Gargano and Champa aren't long for the NXT, you know, roster. But at the same time, why reform DIY again if you're not going to keep them around for a while? I've actually been been thinking differently about it. Um, with this specific match being booked for MSG on a WWE live event with all these NXT stars, I think that was. Triple H's way of going, hey, here's my NXT main card, and put them all in the ring at once. Here's 11 of them. You want to watch NXT because you're going to see these guys. I think there was an odd number of people because one of those superstars will be called up to the main roster. I think that's going to be Aleister Black. Yeah, But I definitely think Ciampa, I think so. I think we're going to see Aleister Black get called up, if not at the Rumble, maybe after Mania, but I definitely see... For the rest of 2019, uh, guys like Undisputed Era, Gargano, Ciampa, Dream, Ricochet, Riddle, Pete Dunne, running, being the face of that brand. Riddle, riddle me Pete this. Dunne, go ahead. Riddle me this. Riddle me this. If we, who's who's Chap facing at TakeOver Phoenix? Has that been announced yet? He's facing Aleister Black. He's facing Aleister Black, yeah. right? Okay, good. Okay. That's just to write him off TV with Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, write him off TV with Gargano that night. I can see that happening. Beat, beat, meet, hit him with the meat in the middle. He's on. The, he's at the Rumble the next night. Yep. In the Rumble. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one way I could see Aleister Black coming up, and that would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that is your uh, third brand. Really, really, Doc. Did you just clink your glass? He totally uh, did. He just clinked it for the revival. That one's for you, Dash and Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyways, that's all I have for the third brand. Although I was rudely interrupted a whole bunch of times, but whatever. Eh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Back to you, Bones. All right, well, this is going to bring us to a fun segment that we've been talking about for a few weeks now. We entitled this segment, Three GMs Are Better Than One. As I mentioned earlier, 
it, it's a working title. It's the only thing I can come up with right off the bat, so we're going to stick with it for now. So pretty much, this is the opportunity for myself, the Smark, and Doc to put on the GM shoes and rebook the entire tag division on the main roster between now and the SmackDown after Mania. So here is our list of tag teams. We have AOP, The New Day, Bludgeon Brothers, Heath Slater and Rhino, Heavy Machinery, The Sing Brothers. We have them as active competitors in this little shakeup. We have The Bar. We have The Usos. We have Sanity. We have The Club. Revival, The Colognes, Lucha House Party, Miz and Shane, who are now a tag team. And then we throw in a couple curveballs for you. That we'll get to that as we explain to you how this is all going to pan out. So, so the first thing we did was we drafted our teams to Raw and SmackDown. Doc, would you like to take over from here and tell us how this all pans out? Okay. So we'll start with Raw. And let me give you the teams that we put on Raw first, okay? The teams on Raw, we got AOP staying on Raw. Okay, we have the New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers, who at some point will be returning from injury, jumping to Raw. Keep Slater and Rhino on Raw. Heavy Machinery is going to be debuting on the main roster shortly. Let's keep let's put them on Raw, um, making the same brothers active competitors. That puts Fine. them on Raw. Uh, moving the Usos to Raw, and here is my first curveball. A curveball. That I read a dirt sheet today that gave some credibility to this curveball. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming back from their injuries and becoming a heel. I would like to see him as a heel tag team on Raw. Uh, with that being said, right now the Raw tag team champions are Rude and Gable. Uh, as you notice, they were not included on my on my on our Raw list at all. And we'll get to them when we start talking about SmackDown. Um, here is how. I would look to book it out. AOP, they win the tag titles back on Raw. Okay? At some point down the road, sooner than later, they win on Raw. Usos come to Raw. They face AOP at the Rumble. So they get a big, high-profile tag match at the Rumble. AOP wins the match. They do a rematch at Elimination Chamber. Usos win there. Usos bring the titles into WrestleMania. Um, Heavy Machinery debuts after the Rumble. They win a bunch of squashes. And then eventually, after winning a bunch of squashes, the Bludgeon Brothers make their return to TV on Raw, and they start a program with Heavy Machinery. They feud on TV, and Meiji find themselves a number one contender triple threat match on Raw. I don't know why you put it as a triple threat match. Um, yeah, if triple threat match with another team, just get another team in there. There's so many teams on Raw. doesn't matter who that team is. Um, machinery wins that number one contenders match, and they face the Usos at Fastlane. And the Usos retain in the Mania, and this will set up a four-way at Mania between AOP, the Bludgeons, Every Machinery, and Usos for the tag title, and the Usos win that too. That's how I book Raw tag teams. Uh, next night on, on Raw, KO and Sammy return, attack the Usos, and that starts a program with them. Bam. You have your tag team division booked entertainingly on Raw for the next, what, four months? Yeah. Thoughts? Wow. Thoughts? 
I mean, um, I, I love all of that. I mean, Doc, you and I talked about it, and I think moving over teams like Bludgeons and the Usos over to Raw is a great move. Uh, AOP definitely needs to get those titles back at this point. Um, I'm not a fan of the Root and Gable um, team, and I'll, I'll get to that when we get over to the SmackDown side because I got some little swerves I want to throw into that storyline. Uh, Johnny, what is your take on, on the Raw tag division as we have it laid out here? I mean, there's really not much to say here. I, I think AOP are the only ones here that I can really see as champions. I mean, other than maybe KO and Sammy down the line. Um, I mean, champions right away. Because I spend most of this time having the Usos as champions. I have the Usos beating AOP at Elimination Chamber for the titles and holding the titles through Mania. Yes, yes, you do. Um, I mean, I get it. I just think AOP would make better champions. Also, if you noticed, I didn't make much talk of the New Day because I want to see the New Day in singles competition and not focus on tag gold so much. You're going to keep them together. You have to reinvent them. We say it every week, and hopefully somebody will fucking listen to us eventually and do it. Yeah, and if you want to hear what our thoughts are on the new day going into singles competition, uh, make sure you listen to Fourth Wall WrestleCast on January 5th episode where we give our superstar shakeup. Uh, at that time, we'll be on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network found on rantwithant.com. So be sure to check us out there. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Boys, that's that's next week, boys. That's next that's week. Next yes, week. it is. Next week, we're on the WrestleAddict Radio Network, baby. I can't wait. Big things. Big things. Big things at the fourth wall. All right, so, Doc, so let's go over now to the SmackDown side. Who Got do we it. have on SmackDown in the tag division? All right. Let me first talk about the teams that exist. Sanity. Um, in particular, Wolf and Killian Dane. Uh the club, or whatever you want to call it, the Good Brothers, you know, whatever we call them. Moving the Revival over to SmackDown because they need a fresh start. We still have the Colognes. Do I have plans for the Colognes outside of the tag division, which we'll get to next week on the, on the major shakeup? Um, Lucha House Party as, you know, as a tag team. And then... The newest tag team on SmackDown that was just that was just formed on SmackDown oh last week, The Miz and Shane I'm so McMahon. So excited! Yeah, it's going to be fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's going to lead to a Miz and Shane feud up in Mania, which is nice. Yeah. Now, let's talk about booking and the booking plans. Miz and the Shane—they're now a tag team. They face the Bar at the Rumble. They beat the Bar, and the Bar goes to Raw. Okay, boom. That's it for the Bar rights on SmackDown. Miz and Shane only hold the titles till Elimination Chamber, and they'll defend against and then up and up until that point they'll defend against Sanity and the Colognes on TV. And at some point, at this point, Root and Gable have already lost the Raw Tag Titles. This all will culminate in an Elimination Chamber Tag Title Match at Elimination Chamber. Obviously, Miz and Shane is the holders. Sanity will be involved. They'll be great for an EC match. The Revival great for an EC match. Uh, the Colognes, because he needed somebody. Gable and Rude, who have just debuted. And the club. Gable and Rude win the match as the start of a rough title run that ends with the breakup of Rude and Gable. Okay? Here's how this goes down. Next week on SmackDown, Sanity attacks Gable and Rude. 
feud comes to a head at Fastlane. Okay? They lose the titles. Rude gets pissed at Gable, leaves. Gable chases Rude and is attacked by the day by a debuting James Storm and Beer Money Inc. reforms. Ooh. Let's stop there. Thoughts. Thoughts. The way I see that is Rude and Gable get into an argument in the locker room. Rude packs his bags and he goes to leave. He gets to the back parking lot, goes to walk into a limousine, but Gable attacks him. Then out of the limousine comes James Storm to save Bobby Rude. James yes. Storm looks good right now, too. I saw some he, pictures he, recently. He's in, he's in the best shape of his Rude's life. He's in great shape, man. And then after they take out Gable, James Storm reaches into the limousine and pulls out a cooler of beer, and they throw back a cold one. Cut scene. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. They'll probably, just be, they'll probably just be called Beer Money in WWE, I would think. Yeah. So WWE can own that trademark because, you know, that's what they like to do. Um, that'll lead to a number one contenders match on SmackDown between the club, Revival, and Beer Money. I do see the club winning that match, though, and I see the club challenging Sanity at Mania, but Beer Money costs the club that match, and then Beer Money faced the club at the SmackDown after Mania, which will lead to the return of American Alpha. They take out both teams, and then the next week on SmackDown, you have a triple threat number one contenders match. Winner of that goes to Backlash to face Sanity. So this, this accomplishes a lot of things. It gets Sanity at the top of the card. It gets the Good Brothers or the club, whatever the fuck we want to call it, the top of the card. It gets Revival involved. It reforms a super popular great tag team. And actually, it reforms two really popular tag teams. You want to include American, American Alpha. American Alpha, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it frees Miz and Shane up to start their breakup and lead to their eventual feud into WrestleMania. Right, but it does start their tag team off as tag team champions, too. So it right. gives them the titles for a short run, but then it also helps to build to the feud at WrestleMania. It also gives us an Elimination Chamber tag team match. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. pretty sure we should have jobs with WWE. I'm pretty sure we should so. too. So Vince, I hope you're listening. Now, yeah, one thing I, listening. I think Trip would enjoy Trip's. this more than him. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing you may notice is that we did leave off a couple tag teams, teams like the B team, teams like the Ascension. Um, we didn't talk about the the Fashion Police, Brizango, because in our booking. Ascension got sent back down to NXT because uh, oh. I think they could use another tag team. So Ascension will do good on NXT, put them in the title picture with Undisputed Ever, War Raiders, whatever. I want to see the B team break up and have them go back at the singles competition. And I also think this is a, the opportunity now for Tyler Breeze and Fandango to kind of split ways, especially now that Fandango's been gone for so long on his injury. And Tyler Breeze is doing pretty good for himself in, indiv- in singles competition. I wouldn't be surprised if Fandango gets released. Um, Which is a shame. It's a shame. I wouldn't be surprised if one of – I don't know about uh, Bo Dallas, but I could see Kurt Hawkins leaving WWE at some point. You mean Curtis um, Axel? What did I say? Kurt, what did I say? You said Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. I'm sorry, Curtis Axel. My apologies. Um, yeah, I do, we have the Ascension going back to NXT. The other big wild card I have for NXT – and Bones, I know we didn't really get to talk about this much when we were having our little planning meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that you're going to see, and seeing that 10-man tag at the Garden could really help back this up. 
I think Matt Riddle's going to go in a tag team competition as his first major run in NXT, and I think it's going to be with Keith Lee. Dude, Matt Riddle Keith and Keith Lee. Lee would be a fucking force to reckon with. Well, they've already they've already foreshadowed a Lee and Riddle alliance on NXT television. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no place at the top of the card for Matt Riddle right now, but he needs to be on TV often if he's going to work in WWE, which, you know, he should work in WWE. There's no reason why he shouldn't. And the NXT tag team titles mean something. Right. Yep. Be realistic. They mean something. So there's no shame for uh, seeing Matt Riddle's first major NXT program being against Undisputed Era for the tag titles. Because I don't know how long War Raiders are out for or how long Hanson's hurt, right? Hanson? Yeah. So I don't know how long Hanson's married. Did you guys see that? Hanson is married, I guess. Maybe they've heard him off TV so he can get married. That might be it, to be honest with you. Hey, man, I'll tell you one thing right now, John. You haven't gotten there yet? Playing a wedding is the biggest pain in the ass in the world, man. So <laughs> It's actually <laughs> not Hanson. Really, they had an extravagant wedding. Is it wedding. Roe? It was Raymond Rowe. Oh, oh it, it was Rowe. Yeah, okay. Raymond Rowe and Sarah Logan got married. Oh, okay. Then, then fuck everything I just said. <laughs> and I'm going to blame the smart for that. This is, here's Doc on vacation giving us the fake news. First of all, that was the Smarks fake news. I just ran with it. <laughs> you know who else got married? Leo Rush, Akira Tozawa, and Aleister Black got married to D- Zelina Vega. All right. A lot of weddings going on yep. right now in mm-hmm. WWE. Good for Aleister. Eh? Right? <laughs> no, Austin Aries fucked that up. Austin Aries is a dickhead, so fuck that. <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. So you know, you can't be that much of a shithead on TV without being that much of a shithead in real life. In real life, yep. (laughs) So Doc, we could always go back in, and we could re we could rebook the entire NXT tag division, and also include teams like DIY, who we just mentioned earlier, are somewhat kind of formed again and partnering up. And let's keep going. We just talked about how DIY can reunite at Takeover Phoenix, Mm -hmm. right? That'll be this the, the beginning of their rise back up again. The thing is, though, I don't see them necessarily... I don't know where you put them in a feud right away. I guess you don't have to put them in a feud right away because Champa's still the champion, or Champa's still the champion, I should say. Yeah, and, and he's uh, going to have to defend it at, uh, right. at TakeOver New York. Right, and then Gargano can kind of be his henchman for a bit and then just wrestle you know, some sub-feuds leading up to it. But mm-hmm. once, Gar- once um, Champa drops that title... You put DIY right back into the top of the tag team scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at that point, I think the Undisputed Era would have to lose the titles to someone else. That way, DIY has a baby face to challenge for the titles. Well, I could also see a world where Adam Cole faces Ciampa for the title at TakeOver New York on WrestleMania weekend, and Undisputed Era starts, you know, they're already tweeners, so it's not, it's not a big deal to put them against Ciampa. You're right, it's not that far off. Yeah, it's not that far off. Right. You and then now you have Gargano involved in a few with them, so Ciampa loses to Cole, and now DIY reforms and they challenge Roderick Strong and uh, who's the other one? O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Right. And O'Reilly. And at some point, you know, I said Undisputed Era has to have all the gold at some point this year. Right. So you could put Fish in a feud with, with Ricochet at some point. There's a lot of there's a lot of NXT future booking you can do revolving around their tag division mm-hmm. because their tag titles are on the hottest faction in professional wrestling. 
Yep. Happens when you put the titles on the right people and you book smart. Yep. You have a lot of really good possibilities. And yep. it's sad that we only get that on NXT. Is well, it? you get it in our fantasy booking here on the fourth wall. <laughs> exactly. Because I think you yeah. can do a job with Raw and SmackDown. And I, I think our booking kicks ass. Yeah. yeah. I agree. How do you apply for a booking job? Do you just like write some fantasy booking and send it off with a resume? That's a good question. I think it's just uh, you got to get in and get that interview. Yeah, I, I, I know a lot of those. First. I know they look for people, and they look, they look for people with experience in the television industry, obviously. Yeah. At the end of the day, professional wrestling is a television program. Right. Sure is. Yeah. Even if we think, even if it's still real to us, damn it. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, wrestling isn't real? No, it's, it's <laughs> not, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> So my final thought, uh, if you look at uh, all the publications and dirt sheets and uh, and the internet websites around the wrestling world, everybody's giving their best of lists for 2018. So I'm going to touch on who I think the best wrestler of 2018 is. Oh. Um, almost every every website I see as uh, either Kenny Omega or Becky Lynch, which makes sense. Um, I'm here to tell you that the superstar slash wrestler of 2018 with no disrespect to Kenny Omega, who put on three of the greatest matches of all time with Okada this year. No disrespect to him. It's got to be Becky Lynch. Because what she's doing in women's wrestling is unseen. To the point that she is at the top of WWE's card, and no other woman has ever been there for us in a way that Becky has. She's reinventing the way... Women are booked, women are treated, and the way women are viewed in professional wrestling. She is the baddest motherfucker on the planet right now, and she is unquestionably my top wrestler of 2018. She, she's doing what she said she was going to do and make women's wrestling cool. Right. And it's definitely the coolest thing in WWE. Uh, Kenny Omega is a close second. You can't, you can't take away from those, especially the third match with Okada. Oh, my goodness. And the Wrestle Kingdom match. You don't even have to... They're they're two of the greatest matches in the history of professional wrestling. So That shows you how important Becky Lynch has been because any other year, Kenny Omega is unquestionably the top wrestler of the year. Yeah. And he's still not with WWE. Royal Rumble, baby. Soon enough he will be. Even if it's not the Rumble, he's going to make... He loves Japan, and Japan's like home to him. But there has to be the competitive edge in him that says, "Like, I have to prove myself here." Just like AJ, right? And Finn, and Nakamura, and Nakamura, and half the roster Nakamura. right now. And half the roster right now, <laughs> especially Nakamura. And, and you know, yeah. So my final thought, it has to do with us, the the three of us here, and our listeners. You know, however many there may be have to realize that wrestling is just great for the imagination and that's why i like doing these fantasy bookings although i didn't get to participate in this one just because of how busy it's been around the holidays but you know 
what what's cool about imagination is that sometimes it actually becomes a reality, and I think that's why wrestling is. What? What? Why are you making a triangle? I'm trying to make my thought here. You're making a Jewish star. And holidays. <laughs> but I celebrate. I celebrate I Christmas that. now too. <laughs> Continue. Anyways, I was rudely interrupted just now. Surprise, surprise. But you know, sometimes what's cool about wrestling is that our imagination becomes reality. I mean, this shakeup has a lot to do with other people's imagination and basically telling them that we don't like what they're doing. That's my final thought. Keep imagining, friends. Keep dreaming. And my final thought is a continuation of what I had said last week, and it goes back to this shakeup that was supposed to have gone down last week, and people were complaining that they didn't see enough big changes happen in one day. But as we talked about earlier, we're only two weeks in to all these changes, and we could already list off a, a bunch of changes that are really going to greatly impact uh, what we watch on wrestling each and every week in terms of the new faces, the new matchups, and everything. So, like I said last week, people have to be patient. Rome was not built in a day, but we're going to see some big things going into 2019 on WWE television. Agreed. All right, guys, well, that's all the time we have for today. So if this is your first time tuning in, I am JC Bones. I am Doc Haas. And I am the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. And don't forget, starting next week, we will officially be on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network found on rantwithant.com. So be sure to follow Wrestle Addict Radio on Twitter at Addict Wrestle. And you could find Wrestle Ads Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And if you've enjoyed the Fourth Wall experience, please be sure to recommend to all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow into the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, and we want to wish you all a very happy and healthy new year. 2019. Here we come. Goodbye and good night.
What, what do you think, Dan? Doc? Well, I think Ronda and Charlotte are, uh, <laughs> you broke kayfabe. Damn it. <laughs> kayfabe is dead. 